Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com forward slash swoopsworld. Over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. That's audibletrial, A-U-D-I-B-L-E-T-R-I-A-L.com forward slash swoopsworld. You're listening to the Talk Story Radio Network. Welcome to another edition of Swoops World, right here on the new Talk Story Radio Network. Swoops World, where you get all you need to know about arts, culture, news, and happiness. Our number, if you want to give us a call tonight, is 562-912-3444. You can always email us at swoopsworld at gmail.com, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Twitter. Once again, if you want to give us a call, that number is 562-912-3444. Now just sit back and enjoy Another edition of Swoops World on the new Talk Story Radio Network. of Swoops Road Late Night, another special edition. It is Wednesday, November 4th, 2015. Looking forward to a big night tonight. We're going to have uh, Bob Case calling in, get a chance to chat with him, talk to him about what's been going on with the world of, uh, you know, International Boxing Association as well as uh, USC football. And he's always uh, a pleasure uh, to talk to and chat with about that because he's always seems to be in the know. And following Bob, we'll have... USC great, legendary, five-time national champion, two-time All-American, uh, one of the best, if not the best, athlete to set foot on campus over at SC, our good friend Anthony Davis. So uh, we're looking forward to chatting with him in a little bit there. Probably talk to AD right around, uh, somewhere around 8.45, 9 o'clock uh, in, that, in that hour. But uh, first we'll be, uh, like I said, chatting with Bob and, uh, you know, plenty of things to talk about with the news of the week. Uh, up in sports and what's been happening and some uh, some changes over on uh, on campus, <laughs> uh, but uh, we we're, we're looking forward to that uh, and always a, a good time. If you have ever want to send us an email at swoopsworld at gmail dot com, you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter uh, at swoopsworld. And uh, there we are, man. You got you can check us out on YouTube. We got a lot of videos up on YouTube from our, our past shows, and uh, they're always fun to watch and get a chance to check out. So that's where you can find us always. We're going to see here in just a second for uh, Bob to give us a call. But in the meantime, let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back after this. Hey, how you doing? This is Joe Walsh. I'm speaking on behalf of Rad. It's okay to rock and roll, right? But don't drive home drunk. If you're drunk, call me up. I have a limo. Come and get you. Sleep all day, out all night. I know where you're going. I don't think that's a public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. Every day I wake up at 5 to give Dad his medicine. Every day I wake up at 5 to give Dad his medicine. At 6, I make his breakfast. Every day. 
And we'd like to welcome to the show our good friend and uh, colleague, uh, Bob Case. He's a VP of the International Boxing Association. Welcome back to the show, Bob. Thanks a lot, Keith. How you been, buddy? Doing great, man. It's always a pleasure to have a chance to chat with you and talk to you about what's been happening in the local sports and, and uh, you know, get your take on uh, some of the things that have been going on. And I'm just going to jump right in. I, I saw today that Petros Papadakis has been uh, relieved of his uh, courtside announcing duties over at USC basketball. Um, uh, did you hear about that? I certainly did. I, I actually knew about it about three or four days ago, but I guess they just announced it today. And, uh you know, does it surprise me? Not in the least, you know, because <laughs> I think we pretty well beat a dead horse about this whole thing. But, uh, you know, what it what it proves to me, I've talked to a lot of people today, and I said, why would he fire him with all this heat on right now? And uh, on him especially. Yeah. And, uh, it, it's like, uh, but that tells me that the guy can't be too bright. Because all it's going to do is add more heat on it. You understand what I'm saying? What? I mean, uh, and I, everybody's saying he, he he fired him because Petros's father, John Papadakis, who was a linebacker at USC, you know, knocked the hell out of the USC athletic director on the radio. You know, and and Petros has been pretty blatantly honest about what's going on around there. So I guess if you're honest, you get fired. You understand what I'm saying? Well, it's it's interesting because... Uh, they you know, can't, he can't fire you or me, Keith. <laughs> <laughs> Not happening, exactly. No. Uh, I, I saw some tweets from Petros uh, where he mentioned he got, he got uh, let go, and then, uh, then he says he doesn't blame Pat Hayden... Uh, about it, but uh, you know, Petros was pretty. He was pretty hard uh, a couple weeks ago when he let uh, Sarkeesian go. Uh, you know, he, he was hard about the, the the actual hiring and things that were known and and yep. a lot a lot of things like that. And it's always interesting. You know, I had a. a and it's really weird because the, the firings of of these uh, stadium announcers and whatnot um, seem to surprise me. I had a good friend uh, named Dennis Packer who was the uh, stadium announcer over there for years for the uh, football team. Uh, as well as the uh, the Raiders and the Chargers, he's I believe he's still the current announcer for the Chargers. He was the announcer for the Angels and the Kings. Uh, talented guy, uh, well liked, uh, and about two or three years ago, uh, he was just let go after I don't know, like twelve, thirteen years there. And uh, similar thing, it was just he was surprised. Uh, the the fans were surprised. Uh, I mean, in fact, there was a petition to to, to keep him uh, by the students. Uh, I, I don't know what I don't know what the the basis behind his was, but some of these firings are just unusual. It's just like he just decides he wants to fire somebody. Well, it's the same thing. I mean, Lendell White comes on the sideline and he tweeted that the that the defensive coordinator should be fired, and what did he do? He screams at him and yells at him in front of all the players and had him kicked out of the coliseum. So, in other words, if you aren't a uh, clone of him. You're out. Does that make sense? Yeah. In other words, you're out. In other words, if you don't think this guy walks on water, which it sounds like not many people do, uh, <laughs> you're out of here. You know. So, uh, and that's what he has a bunch of puppets, you know, uh, around him. And uh, you know, it's, he's kind of like an organ grinder with a monkey. You know. <laughs> and, and, um, and, and, well, hand him a penny and tell him to get the hell out of here. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, but, uh, you know, the bottom line is this guy's. You know, as I've said before. You know, I don't care about that Oxford shit. Um, you know, he has a hat size of about two, as far as I'm concerned, just by the, the, all the things he does over there. You know, so. Well, it's interesting. Uh, I think I talked to you about it previously. That there was an article in the Times about all the jobs he was holding and, and this and that. And 
recently I heard he stepped down from one of his posts. Oh, the uh, he was had to do with the selection committee. Um, but there was a pretty funny uh, cartoon that I saw on Inside USC website where it looks like the secretary's talking to him, says you got 12 minutes with this and 10 minutes for this and 6 minutes for this and 5 minutes for this and 8 minutes for this. And and then uh, I got down to, like, you know, you have a, just a few minutes to interview the next uh, – the next uh, coaching candidate, and he says, that's great. That's still about, uh, you know, X number of seconds or minutes longer than I gave Sarkeesian. So uh, it's, it's wondering how he fits all all those things in and still become able to be the athletic director of such a prestigious university. Yeah, exactly. It's unbelievable to me. But, you know, um, hopefully there will be some changes. I've heard a lot of things from a lot of high-up people that aren't even sports people that there will be some things happening, you know. Be, you know, before the recruiting season and everything else around there. So, you know, I'm I'm hopefully hoping that it's all going to take place, because you know we've lost, uh, you know, SC some of the top the number one wide receiver from Westlake High School just signed with UCLA, and they you know they've had all these other guys going to other places now. There's a guy at Oaks Christian that might go, you know, that was originally. So what's happening? Would would you want your son to be in that turmoil? Oh no! You know, if, if, if I had a son who was a five-star recruit, what I want, I'm a I, I'm a lifetime Trojan guy. But do you think I'd want him to go to SC right now? Not at all. Yeah. You know, uh, it's it's like it is what it is. You know, but you know, that hopefully, you know, I'm I'm rooting for SC this weekend. It's homecoming. I'm going to the Arizona game down there on on Saturday, and or they're having I'm meeting Justin Dato and the baseball teams having all the old players back and alumni and everything so it's we're having a big party over on the campus so oh, before the game so it'll be fun and you know I'll be rooting for us like I always have you know just hopefully that they can get through and I hope they win for this new coach I really do I'm I'm very very uh, proud of how these young men have you know adapted around this new coach and um, and I think he's got some real good qualities you know i think if he ever gets some the right assistance around there this guy could be really a good coach well you know everybody make... seems... go ahead i'm sorry go on I, I mean everybody seems to like him keith we've talked about that you know you know all, all the players like him he's complimentary to the young kids and you know and uh, and that's what it takes it's not it's not just coaching it's how you get along with kids how do they see you you know you know I, we know how they see the higher ups, but it's how does his coach, his head coach, how do they look at him? You know, how do the assistant coaches look at the head coach? Right. You know, and uh, I think the assistant coaches are better under this guy. Does that make sense? Yeah. In other words, they look at him differently than they look at the other guy who's, you know, blood, bloodshot eyes all the time and slurring his words. So you know, they look at this guy differently. You know, and they respect him. You know, and and that's you got to have respect for whether it's if you're in a relationship with a man or a woman, or if you're in a relationship with a coach and a player. You know, you're, you you got to respect who you're around. You know, and that doesn't mean just like them. You got to respect them. It, you're you're right, but you know what's what's what what worries me here, uh, Bob, is uh, is uh, oh god, what's, uh, Casey's uh, was it Casey said, or was it Yogi Berra? But it's deja vu all over again. We saw the same thing happen when he let uh, Kiffin go. Yep. And then Ogeron took over. The players respected him. They stepped up. They went on this big winning streak. They, there was a whole new ball team. And then, then they let him go right before the, the last game. Uh, you know, now, now this guy, uh, he's done the same thing. He's stepped up. He's got the team playing. He's got kids respecting him. Uh, they haven't quit on him. They look, they look more alive. And uh, you just kind of wonder probably, what that, That's why we end. hope he gets out of there before they make the, bring in another coach. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. In other words, I, I hope to God as a Trojan fan, he doesn't hire the next coach. 
are you kidding me? It's Yogi Berra would be right. Deja vu all over again. Yeah. You know? In other words, yeah, I mean, look at his hiring record. Are you kidding me? I mean, keep him out of hiring the next coach. You know, Keep him out of that. And if he does, you better get some opinions from other people and not do it yourself with your little group of two or three people. You know what I mean? Exactly, exactly. Well, they, uh, they, did, they did well last week against Cal. What did you think of that game? I thought they, they played old Trojan football. They, the, you know, they, they, they ran the ball down their throats. They, you know, they kept Goff away from throwing a lot of passes from Cal because, you know, the guys have, you know, got a rocket for an arm and they kept them off the field a lot by running the ball a lot. And then, you know, they, they kept Kessler not throwing. See, the old coaches used to look up at this. How many touchdowns did the quarterback throw? How many, how many, this guy's not worried about that. He's worried about controlling the football and they, they played tough football and they gutted it out the, you know i thought the offensive line made opened up holes for the running backs you know that that kid number 25 was terrific you know averaged seven yards a carry even though he had a hurt leg and and Vanuku did a good run and so did trey madden with that 13 yard run where he you know yeah. they stopped him and then he went around that but that was a that was the run of the game you know it kept them with the ball you know so i thought they played great and i think they're going to get better and better i really do i feel it coming on i just you know, if you think of all the guys who are hurt. Yeah. But quite a few. And yeah. I, I heard Juju Smith is still might play, even though uh, he's got a broken hand, he had an operation, but it looks like he still might suit up and play next this week. Keith, that guy is a baller. You know, he's from Long Beach Poly. He's a tough little kid. He's half Samoan, half black. He is a baller, man. He he loves the game of football. He'll play hurt. He'll play. He he told, he said to his friend of mine, he's going to play with the cast on. He doesn't care. He wants to play this weekend. You know, yeah. so. I mean, in other words, he's just a tough little kid, and uh, and he's. I think he'll do great on the next level in the NFL. You know, he'll be terrific. I mean, they have so many NFL type players on that team. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that that are going to really do good. I talked to an NFL scout today, and he says he thinks Trey Madden, if he can stop the injuries, will be. You know, he said he can see him with the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, that kind of a offense. You know right. I mean? But um, no, no, they've got some really good talent, and they just need to be coached up, which. Hopefully they're getting now, and I and this guy's doing everything differently as we discussed last week. He's reaching out to the alumni. I told you he's called up people, invited them to practices. He's got the ex players coming around instead of alienating them. Some of the former players are coming around there. You know they've got. Uh, I heard Willie McGinnis and Marcus Allen and a couple other players are going to have something to do with the new hires. You know, so I don't know if that's hearsay or if it's true, but that's what I've heard. Well, you know, actually he... ask other players about right. what's going on. You hear about uh, a lot of different uh, uh, programs, and uh, of course, and, and you hear how much uh, that they they respect and admire the, the people who've been there, especially the guys who made it to the next level, yep. uh, who still you know still love the school and stuff like that. And to uh, to ace all those guys out and alienate them over the last few years is, is shameful. I mean, that's I think that's why Ricky Ellison wrote that article. He's a mm-hmm. former great Trojan football player. He played under the name Ricky Gray, and then he played with the San Francisco 49ers for many years and had a great NFL career. He's very successful in business. He's, you know, the head of the defense team for the United States of America, you know, for rocket defense stuff. You know, I've mm-hmm. seen him on TV, and he's de- the guy's very successful. He's And he loves SC, yeah. as most people do. And when you love SC, you don't want to see this kind of stuff going on. You know what I mean? Right. And, and that's why, I mean, do you know how much time it must have taken him to write that article? Oh, my gosh. That was, there, there was so much I mean, in this, there. This is and a such highly detail. successful professional yeah. guy. This isn't some guy that's, uh, you know, selling fuller brushes. And you, you, you say to yourself, 
boy, for him to take the time to write that article, which has been seen everywhere, yeah. uh, really shows how much he loves SC. That's what it shows me. I mean, his son was a his son, uh, Rhett, is playing for the Minnesota Vikings now. He was a tight end there, you know, four or five years ago. And uh, so he's got SC in his blood. You know what I mean? Absolutely, so. absolutely. And and I tell you, everybody who I know who's read that article is just is just in awe and flabbergasted by some of the, some of the things that were said in there. Um, and the fact that, like you said, he took the time to, to, to write that in so much detail and, and, and publish it so everybody could read it, um, it just shows that there, there, is a, there is something going on over there that needs to be fixed. Oh, absolutely. Like I told you last week, there's a couple other players I know who are very high-profile players who, you know, they were going to write an article or take a thing where all these people are going to sign it, but I don't think anything can usurp what Ricky Ellis did. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, yeah. That's what I quote on these other things. These other guys, a lot of guys had ideas, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> all they have to do is just go, I second what he said. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly correct. Hey, I know you're. I know you're a huge uh, baseball fan, and and you and you you know you spent all the time with the Angels and whatnot, and your connection to baseball. Uh, you know, the World Series just ended, and did you uh, did you walk, take in any of the games, and uh, and did you uh, did you have a team in the game in the, in, in the series, or what, you, what did you think? Well, you know, I kind of had Casey Stengel is from Kansas City, which is why his name was Casey, even though he spells it C A S E Y. All the players when he first got into professional baseball called him Casey because he's from Kansas City. So I kind of like Kansas, but he was also the first New York Met manager in the history of the team, and you know he always loved the Mets, and so I I kind of had an equal following. I I didn't really care who won because I'm more of a Dodger and Angel fan out here, but um, I was a I thought it was a fascinating. If you don't like that World Series, you don't like baseball. You know that's that's what I said. It was like. The Kansas City uh, Royals, I thought, put on a baseball clinic on how to play the game of baseball. You know, they did everything right. They did not strike out. They they swung at the first pitch. They put the ball in play. Their base running was off, off the charts. Their defensive fielding was terrific. Their catcher, Salvatore Perez, was off the charts. Their relief pitching was unhittable. Their starting pitchers with Volquez and Cueto and, you know, that the, the relief pitching, all these guys, that Herrera guy and that uh, that uh, Kurt, that guy Young, who was 37 years old, a 6'10 guy. Right. I mean, all these guys, and then then uh, then Mondesi makes his major league debut in a World Series for the first time ever. And then you got this kid, uh, this little Latin kid that got a base hit and hadn't played in any of the playoff games. He came up, got a base hit, and scored a run in the World Series, you know. So it's like everybody contributed. You had every single person, Hosmer and Musakis, and, you know, all these guys were, like, uh, you know, off the charts, I thought. I mean, the defensive, you couldn't get them. And if you made it, if you walk, if, let's say they walk somebody or somebody got on an air, they're going to make you pay for it. You understand what I'm saying? Right. Any, any little hole, they'll rip it apart, and that's what they did. And they played. And then uh, the Mets, Murphy fell apart. He was exposed with no range at second base. He couldn't field. He made errors. You know, uh, the kid Duda from first baseman mm-hmm. made that blunder thrown over. Uh, the you know the the uh, pitcher uh, Familia had three blown saves. You know, uh, Cespedes made errors in the outfield and made that base running blunder. You know, so I mean, it's like all these guys choked. You know what I mean? They're they're that you know. All, so and, and I thought the manager. I thought he was outmanaged, Collins. You know, I mean, I think he's a good manager, but I thought 
the guy Ned Jones clearly outmanaged him. You know, so what was interesting to me is, uh, you know, a couple of games I had stuff going on. So by the time I turned on it, it was the eighth inning, you know, top of the eighth. And, and on one game, the the, the, uh, the Royals were down uh, by about two or three runs. And another game, I think they were tied. And then they would just they would just win by these pretty decent margins, you know. <laughs> as long they they never they never quit, they never gave up. They always seemed to have the attitude that they were going to win the game. Uh, and like you said, it was good fundamental. They played good fundamental baseball. It was almost back to like you know the old Billy Ball era, something stuff like that. They, like you said, base hits. Uh, you know, keeping the ball it in proves. play, all, all you're, kinds you're, of stuff. I'm one hundred percent correct. Yeah. You are one hundred percent. You know what it proves is the home run. Forget that. You, you know, you just getting base hits is what where it's at. You know what I mean? And that's what they did. You know, they. I mean, the Met guy hit two home runs, the Conforto guy, and they lost the game. You know what I mean? So right. where, where Kansas City is line drives, line drives, they're they're fouling balls off. You know, ten pitch at bats and twelve pitch at bats, and you know, doing everything right. I thought. I mean, it's just unbelievable. I thought. Yeah. I mean that 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 pinch runner they had. What was his name? Dykes or they they had this pinch pinch runner. They bring in the pinch run and he steals second base. <laughs> and the, the other thing is, I mean, I'm an ex catcher. The catcher for the Mets hadn't thrown out a base runner in two and a half months. Wow. Now, how can you be in a World Series with a catcher that hasn't thrown out a base runner? Yeah. If you know anything about baseball and you're a pitcher and your catcher can't throw out the sec- guy stealing second base, you're going to only throw fastballs, right? Mm-hmm. Are you going to throw a curveball if the guy can't throw out anybody at second base? No. But, uh, you know, it's just uh, they were just outclassed. I yeah. mean, Kansas City clearly was a better team from top to bottom. Yeah. And it was uh, – it's been a long time. But it was time. a great – didn't you think it was a good World Series? It was yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, I, 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 like I said, the two of the games I didn't get to get to the, till the eighth till the eighth inning. I watched a, yeah. a couple of games, most of the games. Uh, I think one I came in in the, the second inning, and the, another one I watched all of it. Um, but it was it was great. It was exciting, and you know, and I didn't even have a, a pony in that race at all. You know, I'm, I'm a Yankee guy, so. Uh, but uh, it was just it was it was inter- I mean, entertaining they, baseball. They said the ratings were off the charts too. You know what I mean? I mean, there was like high high ratings. I mean, uh, women were watching it. You know what I mean? Men were you know kids were watching it. I, I haven't seen a you know for a Kansas City team. I mean, you know, there's. Uh, that Dean Chance, I talked to his friend Kristen uh, Jamin the other day, and she said she watched every game. You know, these are women. You know yeah. what I mean? They don't even, you know, they're following baseball. You know what I mean? They're, it's like, uh, I talked to, by the way, speaking of Dean Chance, um, I talked to his uh, family today, and I think they are going to sell the IBA. So. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah, you, thought, you, you mentioned you thought that was going to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think it's going to happen for sure now. They, I talked to uh, some of our employees, and, you know, they're going to, they, they're going to offer everybody their job there, you know, but I, they're going to actually sell it. So they're, yeah. they've got some people. Steve Smoger's a Hall of Fame referee, and he's negotiating with some people right now to, to buy it. So which it'll be nice, you know. I'm sure Dean would want to carry it on like that. You know? Right. You know, you, you mentioned all the people that were, were watching the games. I, I think a lot of times when you, you get teams that haven't been there for a while, it, it, it renews the interest of the, of the, of the series. Um, you know, a lot of teams, you know, perpetually in in the big dance, and you know they have their diehard fans. But a lot of a lot of uh, like we talked about fights before. There there there's a whole group of uh, sports fans that aren't diehard, right? So they right. they show up for the big event. And I think if the same people are in the big event each time, it, it, you know, some people start to lack interest. So you get a couple teams that haven't been there in a, in a while. I think that sparks. Uh, a lot more interest, and and the city that you know the people, the teams are from, always brings a, a, a huge interest. So you're right, you know, Kansas City had a 
hadn't been there in what forty years or something like 85, that. Eighty-five. Eighty-five yeah. was when George Brett was the last time they went to wow. the World Series. So yeah, so that's but, that's probably a big reason why. Oh yeah, I mean it seemed like I, I never saw. I mean more people watching the World's even when the New York Yankees are in it. I don't remember as many people watching. You yeah. know, like I told you, women, children, kids. You know, people. Everybody I talked to was watching the World Series. The uh, we were talking. You, you mentioned you mentioned the IBA, and uh, you guys got a fight coming up, huh? Yeah, they got two of them. Uh, they're they're overseas. Uh, one, this Steve Smoger, who's a Hall of Fame referee, is uh, he's actually representing the IBA. Uh, it, and but the big fight coming up is not an IBA fight. It's going to be um, this this rapper. What's his name? TZ or uh, he's promoting um, Miguel Cotto. Yeah. And uh, and uh, he he bought him out from top rank. He gave him like nine million bucks. And Cotto's now with this guy, and. And he's fighting uh, Canelo Alvarez, who's that, that in Spanish, that's cinnamon. He's like a rock star all over Mexico. So Miguel Cotos from Puerto Rico. In fact, I'm going to see him tomorrow down at Freddy Roach's gym. He's training down there. They had media day down there today at Wild Card Gym. And um, Bruce Trampler and all my friends were there from Las Vegas. But um, I'm going to go down there tomorrow and see Miguel. And he's in great shape. He looks fantastic. And that fight will be... Um, in a couple of weeks, and I'm telling you, it it will be a. I mean, that that thing is. Uh, I think Bruce said the seats are going for 2,500 bucks a seat. You know, up there. Wow, wow. But uh, it'll be a great fight, and uh, you know, it it should uh, the, the interest will be. It'll you know what it's going to do? It's like if you have a bad meal, and you have indigestion, you want to have some good food, you know. <laughs> and after that, Mayweather Pacquiao uh, burnout. This will be great for boxing to have a fight like this because. I guarantee you, this won't go to the decision. You follow me? Yeah. There'll, there'll be one guy walking out of the ring. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, all the boxing, you want to hear something funny? I was talking to some people today, the boxing media, and they're all upset that Ronda Rousey, do you know who she is? Uh, yeah, I love Ronda Rousey. Yeah, you should, well, listen to this. She made the cover of Ring Magazine, and they're furious because she's not a boxer. You follow she's me? the MMA, yeah. Yeah, she's MMA, and so all the boxing people were complaining to me that she made a ring is like a historic magazine. You know what I mean? So they're all saying, well, "How did Ronda Rousey make the cover <laughs> of a ring magazine?" Blah, blah, blah. You know, so it's, it's hilarious. But they're making a movie. You know what else I found out? They're making a movie on the whole O.J. Simpson uh, trial. Another one? They've yeah, had, they've yeah. had a couple. Oh, they're making a huge one, um, a big movie. Um, who was I talking to? Uh, yeah, they had a lot of the actors down there today at the gym. And uh, they're making a, a big. Uh, a is there big, still? Uh, you think there's still interest in that? You think it's? A, you think that's a, a, a movie that's going to put put asses in the seats? You think? Well, well, it depends if they go into the, you know, all the murder and all that stuff. You know what I mean? I mean, if it's just a court scenes, I don't think it would. But I, it, I think what I've heard, they're going to go into what happened. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that could be, uh, you know, people like what blood and guts. Yeah. You know, yeah, that, that's true. But um, it's it is what it is. They got somebody playing, uh, you know, all these characters. You know, they have different people playing all of them. So, wow. But, the uh, the you said you know you said you're at Freddie Roach's gym. The the, the the turnouts for these these press conferences and stuff. Like oh, you that. couldn't get upstairs today. You could not get upstairs. I yeah. mean, it was jam packed. Wow. On the uh, you know, Freddie has the gym where the champions train is downstairs. And the media all goes upstairs, you know, in the regular gym, and you couldn't even uh, 
I, I, I met Bruce downstairs, and we were just, it's like the public can't get in downstairs, but all the media goes upstairs. You follow me? Yeah. So whether he's Manny Pacquiao or whoever, Mike Tyson working there, whoever it is, they train downstairs, and it was an old laundromat that Freddie had turned. He, he bought the laundromat. It was a Chinese laundromat. He bought it out and made it into the most beautiful gym downstairs. I mean, really, you know, first class, you know. Wow. Upstairs is kind of uh, run down, you know. I mean, it's you know, you, you know Hollywood. It's it, there. There used to be a whorehouse on one side of it. That <laughs> the, the, the gym upstairs was a strip place. They have a pole up there where the strippers climb in the pole. There, there was a uh, AA house with all these drunks meet down below on the bottom. There's a, a a Thai restaurant on the other side. But I mean, it's right, and you never know what you're going to see when you're in that gym. You know, you can see. You know, you have no idea what's going to be there. Transvestites, you can see you know, <laughs> Russian Russian models. You can see, uh, you know, a lot of Russians come there because all the Russian fighters are down there. But, I mean, you can see anybody. I know Jimmy Kahn was down there the other day. Uh, Robert Duvall is there all the time. Robert Shapiro is there all the time. But, I mean, it's it's just like you never know who you're going to see there. That's what's kind of a fun place to go to. And, I'm going uh, to I'm gonna have to drop in there one. I've never been there. You, you, you'd let me know when you want to come in there, and you'll be my guest. And, and Freddie would love to meet He's a great guy. And everybody comes in there. I mean, all the old fighters come back in there. Tyson was there the other day, and he was bitching at Freddie because there was not enough pictures of him in the gym. <laughs> but, uh, but uh, you know, the bottom line is Freddie trained Tyson, so, you know, but he was, what the, how can you have this gym and not have my picture all over the gym? He's told, you know, he said, he's he got more Manny Pacquiao pictures than me. What the hell is going on? <laughs> he was raising hell about that, but, you know, all in good fun. But, yeah. I mean, you know, Larry Holmes, ex-heavyweight champion, you know what he used to say? He used to train at a place, place called Johnny Tacos up in Las Vegas, Johnny Tacos Gym, and it was a dive, and he used to, he would refuse to drive in a limousine. He would refuse to go to a nice gym. Most boxers don't want that because they think it's going to make them soft. Right. Does that make sense? Right, yeah. If, if you drive in a – Larry Holmes had his gang-banging friends driving around in old beat-up cars and people from the streets in the hood driving them around, and that's that's because they don't want to get soft. You know what I mean? They don't. If you're in a real top-notch gym – you could get soft. You know, you, the, most of the gyms are all dives. You know what I mean? They're, yeah. They, they, and, and that kind of gives them character, if that makes sense. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, there's, I, I, you know I've seen, you know, you, I saw, you know video, TV, and, and specials and movies and stuff, and you see these guys training in these old, you know, worn-out gyms and stuff like that. And I get that. I, I know, I, I used to know a lot of guys who were, you know, into bodybuilding and stuff. And, yeah. you know, they didn't like working out at the, the fitness centers, you know. They liked working exactly. out at old-school gyms with, you know, just rugged, torn-up equipment. And, exactly. You know, they felt that they got a better workout, and, and they kept them focused. And, I, 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 and I, you know, boxers have that same mentality squared, you know, so I'm not surprised at all. Absolutely correct. They opened up another one, Wild Card West, which is this movie producer, Peter Berg, kind of runs it. It's in Santa Monica. Uh-huh. And, uh, but it doesn't have the same feeling as the one on Vine Street in Hollywood. You know what I mean? That place is, you know, a bunch of characters around there. One other thing, uh, Bob, I wanted to talk to you about uh, is the, uh, the exhibit at the, at the Reagan. Uh, it's still yeah. going strong, huh? Yeah, they said, you know, I, I mean, I've been up there two or three times. I've taken some media people up there. Well, you went up there with me one time, Absolutely, didn't you? Absolutely, yes. Yeah, yeah. and uh, it, it's like you can't, there's no there's no places to park up there. You know, it's just, I mean, the 11 presidential candidates that were the, you know, when Trump was up there doing that debate, 
they all went through it and they loved the, the, the displays. You know what I mean? So, I mean, it's, if, if you like sports and you love football, it's, you don't want to miss it. Yeah. I, That's the whole history of football. For, I mean, you know, they got the SC-UCLA room, the rivalry room. That's a whole huge room of just SC and UCLA stuff. And where they feature your guest Anthony Davis's jersey from the six touchdown game, newspaper clippings, Davis, 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 and you know, then they have O.J. Simpson's jersey from the 67-yard run from the, you know, when, he, when they beat UCLA, and they got Mike Garrett's jersey from when he beat Notre Dame. But I mean, they have all these. They have Gary Beeman's Heisman Trophy, which he donated. Mark out, Marcus Allen took his drove his Heisman Trophy in there to be there on display, and Ron Yerry took his Outland Award for the offensive lineman. That's right. That he put his award up there, and you know, different different people put all these different things in there, and it's just terrific. And then they have the pro, you know, Joe Montana and all the great quarterbacks, Tom Brady, and they're all their stuffs in there. And then they have the history of football, the evolution of the game from the 1800s, you know, and you know the old Ivy League schools like Harvard and Yale, and you know all those schools represented. And it's really a and then forget the football, just the historic thing. The Reagan Library is an all day. You, you saw it. You go through Air Force One. You, you go through all these rooms, and you see how you, people don't. I forgot how great a president Reagan was until I went through that thing. There's you know? so much stuff there, and uh, and like you know, I didn't I didn't have time to go through as much as I wanted. And I, I'm definitely going to make another trip up there to, to actually really take it all in, because there's just so much to see. And, oh yeah, and even, and it's even, a beautiful place. Oh, it? it's absolutely gorgeous. But even the even the football exhibit. I mean, you need you need some time to spend there. I mean, they have. Uh, you know they have, like you said, the history of football. There, there's teams going back to teams I've never even heard of. That the, yeah. the, the, the uniforms the pots, are there. The and the pots, 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 yeah. Or, uh, <laughs> all these weird, uh, you know, yeah. It's, you're right. Teams I never even heard of. You know, yeah. the the turn of the century. You know, when they, when they were playing with no, with a little leather helmet on. You know, with no face mask or all that stuff. Exactly. And if you're if you're a football fan, you get to see it all. I mean. They have all the different evolutions of the helmets, the balls, the uniforms. Uh, yep. You know, they even have the megaphones from uh, you know yell leaders and all kind of stuff. It's a, it's a great exhibit, and, and I know you have a lot of a lot of things that you've donated to to the exhibit that are there, and it was just amazing. And, and I think anybody who has an opportunity to get a chance to go up there and see it before it closes, the first of the year, right? No, it's. I think it's going to go through the 2016 Super Bowl. Oh, okay. So, so that'll be like February. I yeah, think. February. So people still have time to go check it yeah, out. It's well worth it. Yeah, I talked to them the other day, and they're just thrilled about all the people that's, that's brought in there. You know, and, and this Gary Cypress, he put a uh, he owns the Los Angeles Sports Museum. He put a uh, a baseball display in there about a year or two ago, which was fantastic. You know, everything from Babe Ruth stuff to Mickey Mantle, Joe Maggio. It was unbelievable. You know, and Gary is uh, he owns that place down there. He's got a, a terrific guy. You know, he's got a a museum that's a whole block takes a whole block on Main Street. If anybody has never seen it, they should see the Los Angeles Sports Museum. It's really something to see. It's it's bigger than Cooperstown. Or wow, you know, un- unbelievable! And never never been there. Another 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 thing to add to the bucket list, right there. <laughs> yeah, that's another thing we should do. You know, you should, you should come down. We meet down at I th- Justin Bato called me today, and we're a whole bunch of us are meeting at Paul's Kitchen next week. Uh, you know, Bill Russell, the old Dodger shortstop, yeah. Alvaro Ferraro, all these different guys, and you you should join us, Keith. I mean, you have a good time down there, and we'll, and we'll take you over to this, the museum. You know, well, you know, I might take you up on that, Bob. I, yeah. I haven't been to Paul's Kitchen in about uh, ten years now. So if you you've been there? Isn't that a great food? Oh, uh, I loved it. <laughs> I used to, you know, I used to go there quite a bit, it's, quite often. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's a Dodger hangout. You know yeah. that, don't you? Yeah, you got your buddy Los Rodas pitcher hanging in there, man. 
Oh yeah. <laughs> hey Bob, as always, man, it's it's such a pleasure to be able to cha- have a chance to chat with you and and, and talk and, uh, and reconnect. It's always fun, and uh, I look forward to talking to you again soon. And I, I might uh, I might meet you at Paul's next week, man. Uh, that'd be great. I'll I'll talk to you later. But Keith, thanks. It's an honor to be on your show, and um, and uh, you're doing a great job. And um, is Sweet Tooth coming on? So, yeah, he'll be on in about five minutes. Oh, good. I'll have to listen to that. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Bob. We'll talk soon, man. Okay. God bless. You too. Bob Case, everybody. We're going to take a quick break, and uh, we're going to come back and get uh, Anthony Davis on the line and uh, chat with him for just a bit. This right here, let's see what we're going to do here. We'll play a quick song and get that out of the way. Uh, Yeah, this is uh, Dog, a.k.a. Anakin, and this is called Maze. Back at the desk. It's getting dark. It's hard to breathe. I try to watch. Every 
corner, I turn them right back where I started. Been stuck in this maze for all my days, my heart has darkened. Talking to myself for self help, cause no one offers. I'm not the type to go ass, I'd rather take my own path. This labyrinth takes away from your happiness, I'm not on that. I laugh at this, am I going mad from this? Don't ask, trapped in this damn trap. Hard to breathe, I collapse. These thoughts run across a mind that's lost, but I will not snap. I came too far to relapse, everything is magnified. I'm criticized, I understand that words, syntax. The signal from the brain's have to refrain from the pain and remain is the synapse. My heart's broken into pieces, but my veins still intact. Bouncing off these padded walls is crazy, but I bounce back with a sound mind. Thankful for the hard times. The exit has not been fired, but I smile. With these wings, I fly. I live that, I live that. You are listening to the Talk Story Radio Network. Hey, there's a shop on the wall, and you're listening to Swirl. And welcome back to Swirl on the Talk Story Radio Network. Time to give AD a call. Let's try this again here. Let me, uh, I dialed it wrong. Let's take a quick break and uh, let me get AD to call. Give us a call. We'll go from there. Back after this. Is that a faucet running? That's not a faucet. That's a river rushing through the forest. Forest rivers provide over 100 million people with clean water to drink. What? I can't hear you because of the vacuum. That's not a vacuum. That's the trees in the forest cleaning up the air we breathe. I didn't know the trees were so amazing. Yep, and the forest gives us shade, trees to climb. That's awesome. Let's go explore some more. Visit the forest today and enjoy all it does just for you. To learn more about the forest and find one near you, go to discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Let TalkStream Live transform the way you listen to radio. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. You're listening to the Talk Story Radio Network. Hello, this is Normandy Wilson, and you're listening to Sweeps World. My name is Joe Thompson. I'm 29, and thanks to my college degree, I'm a systems analyst. And the college me would tell you. I wouldn't be here without Big Brothers Big Sisters. My big brother believed in me, and to a 7-year-old... That means a lot. My big brother's name is Phil, and Phil is the reason that this 7-year-old grows up to be a systems analyst. Whether you donate money or time, you're helping Big Brothers Big Sisters help a child. Start something today at BigBrothersBigSisters.org. Brought to you by Big Brothers Big Sisters and the Ad Council. Psst, hey, over here, behind the fence. Huh? You? The bike? Yeah, the bike. Here in the grass where the kids left me a while ago. Could you get the dust off my seat and remind the kids how fun I still am? Okay. Oh, you are dusty. I may need my spokes tightened, too. Let's go. 
As Native American parents and caregivers, our encouragement to healthy lifestyles for our kids is helping them get outside and play. Get ideas, get involved, get going at letsmove.gov slash Indian Country. Brought to you by USDA, HHS, and the Ad Council. Talk Story Radio. Hello, this is Steve Delamater, and hello to all you out there on the interwebs. Keep it right here on Swoops World. Shaking, baby, wanna go for a spin. I got the top down, looking round at places I've been. There's a diner on the corner. Let's go. To a show of what's do. I see you come around, kick shuffling on the ground. Shades got mind in the gaps, yet yeah, you don't make a sound. Chasing what you might love, wondering what you're thinking of. Dazed and crazed, but not faced when push comes to shove. Seems they got nothing to say while you just keep turning gray. We all just bouncing trouts, guessing how we got here anyway. Riding along the strand with something written on your hand. Two feet too far to see tonight's totalitarian. Davis, five-time national champion, two-time All-American over USC on the line. How you doing, man? Doing great. I can barely hear you. Can you hear me now? Yeah, much better, much better. Huh. Well, hey, it's always great chance to talk to you. Sorry I couldn't get get through the first time, but uh, I'm glad you made it, made, made able to give us a call in, man. We got plenty to talk about, and then we'll just jump right into it. You uh, you were you were talking about Jim Harbaugh, man. What, what's the deal with Michigan? Well, first of all, the reason we popped out, people was asking me some questions about uh, Colin Kaepernick and the departure of Jim Harbaugh to Michigan. Now, now the fact is the fact that they mentioned uh, Colin at San Francisco, it, it, I find it very weird and strange. First of all, you got to realize under, under Jim Harbaugh, Kaepernick excelled. The guy was in the Super Bowl. It's the same Kaepernick. Nothing's changed. That's coaching and management. Yeah. You gonna put him on the bench with this this other guy? Come on. Who's smoking what up there? And as obvious you can see what Harbor you can say whatever you want about Jim Harbor. Wherever he's gone, 
wherever he's gone, he's been at University of San Diego, Stanford, San Francisco 49ers. He comes and turns around Michigan. Right? Michigan can play for the Big Ten title the way they're playing, even though they got this loss. Uh, but they can play for the Big Ten title. And he's turning that program around. Now, I was talking to a, uh, a Michigan insider who was in, happened to be in town to visit us, uh, our partners and stuff. And he was saying it's amazing what Harvard's done and how he has turned the whole fan base around at Michigan and based on how everybody looks at the Michigan football program now. Well, he's done it everywhere he's went. And I told him he's done it everywhere he's gone. You know, he can be a, he can be a little kinky at times and rubs through the wrong way. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, this man performs and wins and turns people around. And, and I was referring and talking about, and I told him, look at the Kaepernick situation. How they put him on the bench. That's all coaching. That's not him. That's coaching system, and some of his pieces are missing. One of the things that I've noticed, and I, haven't, I admittedly have not watched a lot of 49er games, but uh, the, the, the parts that I have watched, uh, he seems to always be in trouble, man. He's, he's, off, he's always, you know, he's night, the games I've seen, he wasn't getting much blocking. Uh, guys are dropping passes. Uh, you know, he's trying to make things happen with his legs. Uh, you know, because it seems like he, you know, if you get hit that back there too many times, you're not going to hang around to see, uh, to wait for somebody to come open. And uh, I was, a couple games I watched, and I'm not a 49er fan, but he just, he didn't have anybody up front that was protecting him. And uh, he he hit a couple guys right in the numbers and they dropped the ball. And I I don't see, uh, I don't see that it's been his fault. First of all, it's not his fault. It's a system. Okay, you know, I always preach system. You got a new coach. Different philosophy. He hasn't found that he, he he doesn't really know. He, he he first of all he can't coach up Kaepernick. You can remember. Look what Jim Harbaugh did versus what this guy's doing. That's the problem. It's not Kaepernick. It's not the team at all. It's coaching in the front office. If you don't get rid of your pieces, you sure better have somebody going to face and keep the same level of play going. They don't have that. That's why the Patriots are so consistent. They have the same level of play, same quarterback, same coach, yeah. same system. The three, the, the, the three must in football. <laughs> you know, and and, 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 they, and they have the pieces there, but they did, they did nothing. Everybody's not in sync. Right. Look, football is like an eight, it's like an eight cylinder car. If one of the cylinders are off, it's the whole team's going to be off. And obviously, there's a few of them off. Colin Kaepernick, in another system, he flirt. Can you pitch him in Philadelphia? Can you pitch him in New England? Can you pitch him in Denver? I mean, he would flourish in those systems. He would flourish in the San Diego system because, first of all, he's athletic. He's got a shotgun arm, and he can move, and he's got great feet. That's not him. It's up to the coach to be able to put pieces around him to make him excel. That's what Jim Halbert did, and that's what he does everywhere he's gone. That's why that I'm talking about him now because it just proves the point that it depends on the system and coach that you have who has the ability to put things around that given player. And so if I'm, if, if I'm calling Kaepernick, hey, if they want to put you on the bench, let them trade you. Because well, he, he would flourish in, in Chip Kelly offense. He, he, he could flourish there if they freaking block for him, man. I, like I said. Well, I mean, <laughs> but, 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 but blocking, but see, you got to remember, when you got a new system that comes in, and they were, under, they were in the Harburg system, and terminology changes, that affects, that affects the whole team. So what you got to do is dummy down something and just make it very simple. And, that, and then everybody has been, everybody's not on the same page. It's not, it's not the players. When you, when you do a complete overhaul on a team, 
everything a mess. You'll say they look like you're playing flag football because not everything is not right. Yeah. That's the problem. When you change and revamp a whole team and the guys in the front think they know what they're doing, those guys are incompetent. That's something Frank said, they're incompetent. They started messing with Jim Harburg and then you saw everything fall apart. And look, and look what he did look what he did going to Michigan. It just shows you what he did. It's a it's a proof in the pudding. But here's 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 a question. Just the, the just like you said, uh, you know, but the change from Harbaugh leaving to the pretty much the turmoil that's happened there at the 49ers, how is it able how's a guy able to come in and in the first year have these people learn his terminology, learn learn his system and be able to flourish uh, while the other team seems to fall apart? First of all, here's the deal. When you change like that and you lost some pieces, you lost Crabtree, you had a retirement, you're getting rid, you, you, you're getting rid of, uh, you're getting rid of the, your tight end, which I don't, I think that's a mistake. He's just going to enhance Denver. The issue is you got to ride it out. You can't be putting people on the bench because that's not the, the bench is not the problem. You got to let everybody like you, you take your bumps and you take your lumps. You take your lumps. Yeah. You take your lumps. And you and, and you and you and you got to play through it. Whether you win or lose, you got to play through them. You can't keep changing people because if you keep changing, keep changing, you throw everything. You really throw everything in, in, in a tailspin. And then also, you got to remember when you when you got a guy like Kaepernick, who they paid a bunch of money. Period. You got you got to take that in consideration. Period. You got to ride this out. You can't just be putting you know guys with guaranteed big money on the bench. You can't do that. But you know, I mean, you, know, you know the 49ers have done that before, right? Well, well I know they've done it. When, when I Kaepernick, think a lot of organizations have done that. When Kaepernick took over from, uh, uh, what's his name, place for? Alex Smith. Chiefs now, yeah. Uh, you know, they, they didn't, Smith had a decent contract. He got hurt, and then uh, Kaepernick came in and took over, and, and they, then they benched uh, Smith and traded him. Yeah, but, 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 but I mean, I understand that situation, but I, but I said Hallberg has proven that he can turn a program around. There's only a few coaches that can do that. He's one of the few. But I'm just saying, if you're going to change a coach or a quarterback or whatever, you got to ride it out till you get acclimated to the system and you both, everybody's on, on page. But see, well, Harvard did that real fast. Now, you were taking a, you were taking a calculated move by putting Alex on the spit and not really knowing what an unproven Kaepernick can do, but everybody knew he was more athletic and bigger and stronger. But it proved out that under Harvard's system, he flourished. But now that he, got, now that he left under, under controversy, it affected the whole team. Yeah, yeah. See, see, affected the whole team. It's it's, it's a proof in the pudding, you know. And he, he now he leaves San Francisco, has a downtrodden uh, Michigan Michigan or uh, program. He and he's got he's got it one of the top teams in the country. When they're at the cellar, that's all Harvard. That, that's a credit to him. See, that's the kind of coaches that I respect. A guy can come in there and turn a program like a microwave, and that's what he did. He did it everywhere he's gone. When he gets kinky and you start messing with his head, then everything follows. Everything's a snowball effect. You saw what happened with the 49s when, when, they, when, they, when they had a controversy with ownership and management. It affects the players. At the end of the day, it affects the players. Because now you got a new coach that so you got new wrinkles, you got new terminology. And remember, terminology determines how ball players play because they got to come to the live stream and thinking. Whereas when we were in the Harbor system, it was like second nature with these guys. And then on top, when you lose certain people when sync and rhythm, then you throw the team off even more so because they're still trying to learn what this other coach is trying to do. Yeah. 
I can tell you as a former player that's what happened. That's why I'm, that's why I'm so adamant about that. It's 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 kind of sad to see you know see this situation happen, um, you know, and see what's happening with this team. You know, just just kind of just disintegrate like this. Um, but we're seeing a lot of things, a lot of weird things happening this season, uh, and and some of it, it seems like people are getting punished. In my opinion, it's not their fault what's going on. Uh, you take a look at um, what happened over at uh, the, the Colts this week. Um, with uh, Pep, Pep Hamilton, Pep Hamilton, and and you, you you even see where, you know, he him and Andrew Luck are pretty tight. Uh, Luck didn't Luck doesn't seem too happy with losing his offensive coordinator. He, his quote was, "This is jarring and tough." And he said the timing of the move will make it challenging for the Colts as they prepare for Sunday's game against the Broncos. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? And you heard this. First of all, it stinks to me. I don't like. I didn't like it at all. Hmm. Pep Hamilton was not the reason the Colts didn't play. First of all, look, you got new personnel. You still play the same system. Luck's coming off an injury, so he's off anyway. And maybe he might have came back too fast. You see, you got to remember when you get injured and you're still coming back, you got you know, you, you got subconscious issues in your head. Am I really healthy or whatever? I don't think the guy's really healthy. I don't think he's completely healthy. Yeah. It's not. It's, it, it, look, it's not that offensive coordinator. It's the same stuff they were doing last year. Matter of fact, they should have been improved with with, with the new ignition of the new running back and the new wide receiver. They got coming in there. They came in there. So I don't see how. I think he's the fall guy. I think that stinks. It's unbelievable. How can they do that to a guy like that? That Andrew Luck knew in college and in the pros, who's in sync with this guy. He was a fall guy. I think it stinks. And borderline racial, as far as I'm concerned. I hate to say that, but you're going to get rid of the brother because something's wrong with you? Did him and Pagano, did they, did they have any – was there something between them or this is just uh... – I have – all I know, there's a lot of speculation, and you know how some people's minds go. Why did they get rid of this guy? What is it this offensive coordinator got to do with anything? Yeah. You find off in midseason? Come on. You're going to bring somebody else now to, to, to see. If you're going to do that, the season washed. You ride it out. And, 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 if, you, and, if, you feel, and if you feel that it that, that, that needs to be changed offensively or defensively, you wait till the season's over. Let the man have an opportunity to get another job. Now, he's not going to get a job now. No, 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 no. He's out for the year. He's, he's done for the year, exactly. I mean, so, I mean, you know, I mean, now they was, to me, to me, it was very unprofessional. Secondly, I believe it was unfair to him. And I think, and thirdly, it was unfair to, 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 to Luck because he depended on this guy. They conversed, they talked a lot, and they worked together. Yeah. And I just think, baby, he was, he's been off because he's been injured. You know, some guys respond to injuries different. Some guys, it takes a little longer. You know, you look at Ben Rossenberg, what happened? He ain't, he's not, he's still in sync. I think he's still hurt. Yeah. You see how he played? If he doesn't have injury, I think he plays better than he beat Cincinnati. But 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 I can tell you that he's off and his and his timing's not there. He's still in sync. Same thing with Luck. Same thing. There are still see, f- see, what, see what the general public doesn't understand about the game is it it's it, 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 because they don't play the game like I played the game and other see they'll the guy tell you if you're in sync with a certain coach it's like when you're on the field you guys are thinking the same way. You see now they're going to bring a new guy in or either let somebody else take over like interim whatever it's not going to work. Because I bet you, bottom dollar, he had some good relationships with certain folks on the team. 
that's now gone. And that kind of stuff, you develop dissension amongst the ball players when it happens, especially on the pro level. You got these guys getting paid and stuff. And so a lot of what eventually happened, what I've always told people, is that, okay, you get rid of my guy, you get rid of the guy, you you making him the fall guy. Let me tell, let me tell you what, I'm just going to practice and play hard and just pay for, and play for my money. <laughs> that's, what's going, that's what's going to happen. Okay, and I can tell you, I can tell you, I, 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 I can bet you, I probably bet you all the team in China that, that Andrew Luck is one pissed off man tonight that they got rid of this guy. And this man knows, and everybody that knows football knows that this guy didn't deserve to be fired. Because, because collectively it's a whole offensive thing. It's just not one guy, it's the whole offense. And then if, you, and, if, and, if, and, if, and if that's the case, you might as well go and cut Andrew Luck. <laughs> he ain't doing that because he's got guaranteed money. <laughs> well, yeah, when it comes to when it comes to who gets cut and who stays, and uh, when you start talking about some of these salaries that some of these uh, top tier players have, you know that's uh, you know that's you know who's staying. That's terrible. I mean, they should have rolled that out. If you got some issues, you ride it out. If you have differences in philosophy, you ride it out. Okay, you wait till the season's over. You don't do you don't do it mid season. You ride everything out. Period. Just don't do that. I own the, if I own the Colts, I'd have never done that. Yeah, that's very disruptive to a team. It's very disruptive, in my opinion, and I'm sure a lot of former players and players would agree with me. Some of these, uh, some of these, we still have undefeated teams uh, this this deep into the season. We still have uh, who? Yeah, the Bengals, I believe, and the uh, Patriots, Patriots, Panthers, and the and the Broncos, right? Right. That's gonna to come to an end. Everybody ain't gonna be, and, and some, somebody's gonna get beat. Some people think the Patriots might run the table. Who knows? The only only people I think that could do that based on their pedigree is the Patriots. Yeah. I mean, because they're so in sync and so tight knitted. That's the only team I believe that can do it. Don't get me wrong. I mean, you know, anything can happen. Life is funny. Who knows? The Panthers can do it. You know, the Broncos might can do it. You know, I mean, you know, so but I'm and the, the Bengals might can do it, and, and with their history, you know, wouldn't think you wouldn't think they would be undefeated, but they are. But the people, like I said, the tightest people, the tightest organization out there that I think they can do it on a consistent, consistently, it will be the Patriots because they're so tight. Uh, were you were you um, were you surprised at how well um, the Broncos handled the, the Packers? I wasn't that surprised because of the defense from the defensive front that they had. I mean, you know, with Miller and uh, in, in that game defensively. I mean, they're 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 beasts. I mean, I was impressed with the way they played defense. Defense won that game for the uh, for, for the Broncos. I think Patriots. I think I think the Broncos with Peyton Manning. What they do now, he's a, he's he's a he's a football manager. He manages the offense now because they, they, they're slowly going through a transitional period where they. Really thinking about running the game and controlling the clock, and saying, and, and I think he'll get. So he'll start throwing the ball even more, but I think he's going to be acclimated to just managing that team, and it's working. It's working until they until somebody shows something different. They're going to keep doing what they're doing, and it's working. But that defense is a monster. Yeah, I mean, and, and, <laughs> I mean, I mean what, what they did there in Rodgers. I mean, and the thing is, they held them what to seventy-one yards or something like that. 71, 74, 75 74 yards. Seventy-four yards, I believe it was, like something like that. It's yeah, unbelievable. I mean, you gonna hold Aaron Rodgers to seventy-four yards? 
That's unbelievable. He had no run game. He had no pass game. They totally shut him down. Yeah. And the, that's the thing that's keeping the Broncos alive is that defense. It's all defense. Yeah. It all, it all, let, me, let me tell you, it starts with the defense, with a run game management type of thing. That's what they have. That's, what, that's, that's what's doing it. They control the ball with the run game, and that defense is crushing. That's like the old Orange Crush, brother. <laughs> that's back in the day, man. <laughs> he did something, man. Aaron Rodgers looked like he was playing for Cal Berkeley. Way, way he was back there. <laughs> you know, they, 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 hey, man, they put him on a they put him on a time machine and sent him back to Cal. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> he had a, he had a relapse. <laughs> Well, you know, uh, AD, I, you know, you and I have talked so many times, and, and you're so passionate about uh, brain health and uh, concussions, and you know your books about it and stuff like that. And then we we read a story today uh, in a, about uh, you know Fred McNeil, who played for UCLA and he played in the pros, and he went on to get his law degree, become a lawyer, and said he battled uh, this this disease for for a number of years. And I looked up the disease because I didn't know what it was. And it's from repetitive brain trauma. Uh, right. You're familiar with Fred? Are you familiar with this story? Well, I'm familiar with the story. I mean, he was part of the one of the ballplayers in, in Dr. Amon's brain study. I played against him collegially and professionally. And uh, it's really a sad thing. Like I told you, the brain trauma in each player affects us a different way. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he has ETC, uh, uh, CTE, excuse me, it, you know, and on a higher level. He's got full-fledged, he's got dementia to the highest level. I understand he's on a feeding tube now. He uh, passed away. He passed away yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, I know he's on a, I know I was going to say, I know he was on a a feeding tube. And I knew that uh, it was was detrimental for him. And and I knew that, uh, uh, that that was a matter of time. And and, um, I've been thinking about it all day. The fact that I finally passed away was just, is crushing to me yeah. because what dementia does it just chokes you off it just shuts your whole system down and it just it's just sad i mean i you know i mean i was older than the guy i mean that's 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 the killer thing i was old i think he was what, 61 you know just 62 or something like that 60 61 something like that yeah let me yeah, look it back I mean, up while we're talking and uh it just it's just devastating to me to know the news i mean i know rod my condolences goes out to rod uh Unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. Great player, 12 years. But like I, like I keep telling people, you, know, you read this book, Kick Off Concussion, you go see the movie Concussion, which I have a small role in with, with, with Will Smith, and you'll see how this stuff affects people. And it's a big issue now with youth football, and I think it's been 13 kids who died from brain trauma injuries this year alone. Yeah. And what, I, and what I'm submitting and Dr. Amon submits is that they should be on a comprehensive supplement program. You should have be in hyperbaric chambers. And 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 I and what I believe what the NFL should do. I don't care if they get pissed off at me. Now it doesn't matter. I don't care. They should have a lifetime medical for every player that steps on that field. If you can make twelve or thirteen billion dollars a year, you can set up a medical fund for, for all these former players who made your brand. That's at least they could do. And I know everybody that's listening to my voice 
former player and current players, they totally agree with me. And 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 his and his horror stories out there even now that's going to follow the tragic loss of Fred McNeil because there's other guys coming right behind him. Yeah. Some will live a little longer, some will live a little shorter. Obviously, you see, he's 61. He was cut 60, short 63. like that. 63. I just looked it up. 63. Yeah, well, up, yeah. He just turned, he, we're the same age. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. So, I mean, so when you people go, when you read this book, Kick Off Concussion, Lulu.com, Amazon, if you get it. Matter of fact, I'll be signing the book out at Frank and Sons uh, this weekend in the city of industry, 10 to 3. And the book will be there. And I'll definitely be talking about Fred because there's going to be some colleagues there that that'll know about the situation. The concussion thing is no joke. And what and, and when, what I advocate is this: football's a great game, but football is a dangerous game, and you got to be highly skilled to play the game. And all I'm saying, if you're going to play the game, there are consequences. I love the game, but it's consequences, and you got to know that. And, I, and I'm telling you, my biggest mistake professionally, I should have never touched that football field. I should have went I should have, as a top draft pick with the Baltimore Orioles. That's where I should have been. As a matter of fact, when I got to college, Coach Rod Dato says, this is the game you should have played. Well, I made a mistake. But at the end of the day, I know the consequences of this concussion stuff. It's no joke. It's real. And there's no way that... Organized football can combat it because every time you collide, that's a collision, that's a concussion. And the time you can shake it off, the time you shake off something, that's a concussion. And every time you get your head hit, that's a concussion. I don't care how small or tiny it is, it builds up. You get the devastating hits, which you see when they're going off with the, with the concussion protocol they do. But every time you hit your head, a helmet collides. You hit the ground. You hit the turf. You get a forearm. And I don't even think guys should slap each other upside the head because that, that rings you. <laughs> you see guys guys still do that? They still uh, they still uh, do the, the, the helmet-to-helmet thing after right. a touchdown and stuff too, yeah. Right, but the, but, but, but the bottom line is it's, it's, uh, it's just a dangerous game. It's a violent game. Yeah. You just got to know, you, you know the consequences. That's it. I mean, if I had a son, I'd say, no, I don't think you should play. But a lot of times the peer pressure gets you and say, if you go out, this is the consequences. We saw... I can tell you, a friend of mine's son just had a concussion last week, and he's out. His name is Sully. He, he plays ball in San Diego. Sully O'Brien. Great little kid, great little speed, had a concussion. He's been out two weeks. Yeah. And his, and his, and his father, Steve O'Brien, played with me at USC, linebacker. <laughs> played, with, played with Clay Matthews on one side. He was on the other side, and I says, I'm sure you had some, and you don't even know you had them, Steve. So, I mean, when you, when, when you talk about this game, the game is a, a great game, beautiful game. It takes a special athlete to play the game. And I can honestly I played two sports. I don't know if I did that. To, to change some season to season. But football, you got to be a monster. You got to be a beast to play the game. I mean, but, but at the end of the day, you will pay the price. And no one escapes the game if you play long enough. The longer you play, the more the trauma. And everybody says, oh, he had an illustrious 10-year career. Well, guess what? You had a bunch of hits in that head, too. Like Dr. Amon told me, just, just scanning and observing my brain, he said, 
I know you were upset about the fact you didn't do in the pros what, what you wanted to do because everything written about you was that you're going to have a successful pro career and all pro and, and uh, the Super Bowls possibly. But the re- when you got out, without you knowing, was the best thing that ever happened to you. Well, you're listening to Swoops on the Talk Show Radio Network. We're talking to Anthony Davis, uh, the great out of USC. You know, he's a five-time national champion, two-time All-American. A.D., we saw quite a few uh, injuries this uh, this week. At least, you know, I know you, you're a busy man, but this past weekend in, in sports and especially in, in pro football, I saw several concussion protocols. I saw several guys getting, uh, you know, riding a cart off the field. Uh, one guy was knocked out completely. Uh, uh, one of the games I was watching, I mean, completely knocked out. Uh, I think that was the uh, the Seahawks game. Uh, right. Um, you know, I mean, you know, it's a it's a it's a sport I love, a sport that a lot you know a lot of Americans love. But as you say, man, it, it's a violent sport. But it, it seemed like this weekend was a uh, I saw more injuries than I've seen in the, in the past. Well, for some reason, it's like it's more it's more hit, it's more concussions than ever before. And it's remember every week somebody gets a concussion. Yeah. And every week there's more two maybe two or three or four concussions. But somebody, but but every time you hit and collide, that's trauma. But how light or heavy it is, that's trauma. And so I've learned so much with dealing with and talking to Dr. Amen, me taking his supplements for eight years, is that I, I'm very conscious of watching the game. I watch how guys talk in interview. I look at their eyes. I see the glaze. I see the slur a little bit. You see? And, and that's because they're getting hit in the head all the time. And I look at these 10-year veterans. These offensive linemen who hit. I mean, it's unbelievable. And then when they get out of the game two or three years, if they don't start treating your head, you start seeing, like I told you the story about a, one, of the, one of the guys I knew didn't even know me. So, I mean, that's the sad thing. If you don't start treating your head right away, that's why Dr. Amon says that you should be treating your head with the supplements even now while you're playing. If you're going to get kicked in the head, you should be on a, supp- a comprehensive supplement program, and they're not. And that's one thing that he would like to see the NFL adapt with this concussion protocol and this awareness of this the, the, the concussion situation. And why they're not doing that, and I don't know whether they have, a, have an adapter's program, I don't know. I think it can happen. I think it's going to be some movement after this, move, after this movie comes out. And you'll see. I hope there will be movement after that. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's amazing, you know. Uh, like you were saying, that these guys, you know, play. If you know, they sometimes people play for ten years, and I think the average the average guy plays for less than that. Uh, but then you then you look at like the Jackie Slaters who played twenty years, and like bring your brains like mashed potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, give me some of mashed potatoes, Jackie. <laughs> hey, you too big to mess with, man. I'm just gonna have hey, to go. <laughs> yeah, that's a big old corn fed Jackson State, Mississippi guy. Boy. He was a beast. He was a big old alpha, big old tackle. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, you know, you know, we 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 you, know, you when you see guys that can play that long and they, they're able to take care of themselves and, and enjoy the the years after the sport, uh, you know, more power to them. But like you said, there's some things that need to be done while you're playing that to kind of assure you to be able to to really enjoy your life, you know, uh, beyond the years of playing playing the sport. 
We've uh, we've discussed every week, uh, you know, the, uh, the 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 NCAA, and let's first let's start with uh, let's just start with the with the uh, SC your, your alma mater. They played against Cal. They won. Uh, they got. Right. Uh, I guess this week is homecoming uh, right. against Arizona. What did you see against Cal, and what are your thoughts about uh, the future? You talking about Cal Berkeley? Well, you yeah. talking about USC this year? You yeah, talking about they won it. USC? They they played Cal last week. They did pretty well. And then what do you think? What do you think's gonna, how they're going to do coming up the next few games? Well, he, well look, he, he, here here's the deal. I mean, I know Todd Hilton, the head coach. He, look, he's in a tough situation. When you take over a team in a program, and, he, and I'm sure he got his own philosophy. He's got little his little twink, his little tricks he wants to put and implement into the program, defense and offense. It was a tough situation for him because he's taken over a program. It was a Sarkeesian program, a Sarkeesian run offense. And what he has to do is simplify it and just implement and, and, and implement these great talented athletes that he has to get the most out of them. That's my opinion from afar. Yeah. I think they should run the ball more because they got talent there. And he's got, you know, I like to see some, some, uh, some blocking schemes where these guys can just drive it down people's so Because let me tell you something, if you have a comprehensive run game, they're going to kill people. So, Todd, run the ball, old school. You can do it. Tampa's doing it. you got the best athletes in the conference. Yeah. you got the best in the conference. So I'm saying I think they'll do well if, if, if they can just stay steady, control the clock, beat up on those teams in the third and fourth quarter if he can. And it's tough for him to try to turn something all around midseason. He can't do it. It's hard. It's hard. And it's hard to keep guys on the same page. I think SC will do well if they can stay that way. If they don't try to get, you know, fancy, whatever, just stay solid, basic, foot, you know, football. I think with some luck, to help, they might play. They could play. They could play mathematically. If, if Utah gets beaten, gets knocked off, it becomes really a seesaw conference, they could be playing for the Pac-12 title. But in terms of them having a shot at the playoffs, no way. Yeah. Like I said, they can win. They with some luck, they might can win out. And um, you know, a lot of people like to see them and Stanford play for the Pac-12 title. People would love to see that game. But the deal is, if they were to beat Stanford, there's no way they're going anywhere in the playoff system. That's where everything is flawed. They can win out. They got the talent to do it. With some luck, with some luck, some help from other teams in the conference, right? They could possibly play for the Pac-12 title, but in saying that, they're not going to play for no playoffs because they're not even in the top 25. Still, and I'd say if they went out, they probably the votes they probably can get with some luck. That the community is very gracious to them, they probably can get up to 15 to 14 in the ranking. That's what I predict because look what they're doing. They 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 kick they kick Clemson out they they kick Clemson in, in the first spot over Ohio well why take Ohio out nobody beat them yeah <laughs> <laughs> on the current system they should stay number one <laughs> if you if, if you if you want to tinker if you want to tinker with two three and four you can do it. not Ohio State Ohio State deserves to be number one I don't care if they win by five points or fifty five points they should stay at number one they deserve it until somebody beats them. Don't get all this. Don't get pretty and say, well, I don't think they're playing well. They're not playing against this guy. The, the strength is good. The hell with that. They deserve to be number one. So 
like I said, at the tail of the year, you're going to have some teams going to make some crazy runs, and they're not going to even be in the top ten. Well, we we've said all along, there's no rhyme or reason to the way this is. This thing is 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 sus, you know. There's they they're putting it out there. You know, it's teams a, a team will lose one game and drop 10, 10 spots. A team that hasn't <laughs> lost any games drops a spot. You know, <laughs> don't make any sense. Don't make any sense. Let me let me tell you something. SC USC can play and then blow people out. The rest of this, I'm just totally. If if if, if Coach Hilton, if he turns his team around. And they start playing some monster football. They're not going to move. Yeah, they're not going to move. I mean, they'll see you'll see a surge. They might get back in the top twenty-five somewhere. But if they start kicking everybody's rears, they're not going. They're not going to get in the top ten because of what has happened. Right. See, some yeah. some teams flourish later then, some burnouts or whatever. That's the reason why you need a full-fledged playoff system. You know, I mean, that that's what I, that's what I don't get about people talking about. Well, this should be this and this. No. On any given day, somebody can beat you. And you should have all the major conferences seat up like I said. You know, about this is the old song I'm singing. <laughs> sound like B.B. King up here. <laughs> so, the bottom, so, so the bottom line is, I mean, you know, back to USC. I think if SC can run, went out with someone, they'll play, but they're not going to play. They're not going, they're not in the playoff scene. Period. Right. They're out. Of it. Because I believe if they're in sync, they can run and play with anybody. They, they got all the talent anybody. in the world on that team. So. Got all the talent. Yeah. They can play with anybody. Yeah. But it's but but it's the structure of offense and defense, and how the kids are being utilized. Okay, from a run and a pass game, and they had no identity this year. For my, for my Todd Hilton is trying to do that. Right. But it's tough coming in mid-season. There's... And you can't do that any. You can't even do that with Pop Warner. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you see what's happened with the Forty Nine ers. Look what's happened with them. Yeah, yeah. Same thing. It, it doesn't matter what level of football it is. It's just it, it's it's you know everything. Everybody's on the same page. You got a system that works that acclimates and deals with everybody to their given talent. See the the the, the talent of a coach. And he determines what he can do is how he puts his players in the right places and with the right pieces. That's what Jim Harburg is great with. Great with. Right. That's what Belichick is great with. Bill Belichick is great like that. That's why everybody say, take a model of all these guys. You know, Pete, Pete has that. Pete Carroll has that. See, those are three coaches I know that can make adjustments and do well, and they feel their talent. People should take a note. With those guys, those three guys should do seminars and teach the rest of these guys. I respect for them. Do you, uh, you know, you, sp- you mentioned Pete, and uh, you know the Seahawks. They're 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 not the same Seahawks we've seen in the past. Uh, what 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 do you see there? I know you, I know you you're you're good at evaluating at these teams and evaluating what's happening with these teams. Uh, you know, I just think I just think, I think they stumbled a little bit. I I I think I think there's been a little bit of. Uh, uh, dissension in the organization uh, in terms of paying guys and in the, the fallout from the Super Bowl and stuff. I think it's some bad taste in people's mouths and stuff. But at the end of the day, I think that he has enough charisma, enough leadership to keep those guys on track, uh, even though they've lost. But but I think they still have enough enough to still get back and be in the playoff picture. And with, and with some luck, they could be back there at the same time. I mean, I still believe that can happen. But they got to, you know, they got to get over the Rams, the surging Rams. They get over with the, with the Cardinals. But 
But I haven't seen those two, two organizations be for real. Because the for real, see, the still, the still the same team in the West to beat the Seattle. Right. In the day of Seattle, you can say what you want, even though they're not playing what what people projected them to play as. But at the tail end of the year, if they can overcome all the crap that we've been hearing in the press or what supposedly been in the press, all the controversy with an organization, they will be right there. You I know, believe that. Uh, you know, you, they're still the team. They're still the team to beat in that conference. Right. And they're still one of the teams beating in, in the NFC. Playing on that level, you know, you you, you know, you played in that level. Uh, when you're struggling like that, uh, coming off of a big season, is it all about just just making it back to the playoffs? You know, it, you know, you can't be you can't have your eye in the Super Bowl at this point when you when you're when you're struggling like that. You take you take these undefeated teams. I think they're already. I, I understand the whole one week at a time, one game at a time, blah 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 blah. But you know, I, I'm pretty sure the the Patriots fully expect to be in in the Super Bowl again. Um, but you know, coming off you know, for the Seahawks, you think they're just like we just got to. We just got to get to the playoffs first. Well, I mean, that's what that thing now because they only have three losses. The thing, main thing, they got to make sure they get to get to the playoffs because of the three losses. Right. I mean, you know, I mean, you know, they started off slow based on what I just said. And some issues that we really don't know what's going on internally, but obviously something's going on because uh, their team wasn't full fledged and ready to go the way they were the year before. But I think Pete, with his leadership, can get them back there. But it's going to take. You got to be firm. You got to be steady. You got to be consistent. And then you know, and they are the team to beat in the NFC. They wanted the main. They're the team to beat in the NFC at the end of the day. Not Green Bay. It's them. No matter what the record is, I don't don't care. Green Bay just has one loss. They're the team to win. See, that's the team that went to Super Bowl. So that's the team you still got to beat. The same thing with the Patriots. If anybody wants anybody wants to go to Super Bowl, they got to go to the Patriots. Anybody got to beat the Seahawks, they got to go to the Seahawks. We're depending on what depending it doesn't care what the record is. Yeah. Until that last game is done and they say you ain't you're not going, it is a whole new team. <laughs> yeah, that's the way it is. Just just like I said about the playoffs of Ohio State. Until somebody beats Ohio State, they should be number one. Yeah. That's the team to beat. That's how they advertise it. When you see that thing about you know the, the, the who's who's in, they got that one Buckeye sitting up at the top of the all the rest of the team. See that little Buckeye sitting up there like that? Everybody else is squirming around like a little rat. It's a Buckeye up there. <laughs> Yo, you don't see FC anywhere. I want FC, I want FC up there, but they're not up there. <laughs> they're up there. They, 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 you know, they got, they got a ways to go, man. Uh, and, uh, you know, before you came up, Bob Case and I were talking, and, and we, 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 we see some movement that needs to be made. We we we, you're, we think you can get your Trojans back there again. <laughs> oh, wow. They need it. Unbelievable. You know, last, last but not least, A.D., my, my favorite commercial right now is uh, this car commercial, Kia commercial, where uh, the guy's son has got just got a participation trophy. And uh, he makes a comment that, they, you know, we, we beat everybody. Everybody we played, we got the same trophy they did. Um you know, it, it's funny that, you know, these days, you know, with the way a lot of youth things have gone since uh, since I played and stuff, they, you know, it's a big deal. It's, it's, everybody gets the same thing, participation trophy and, and whatnot. Uh, I don't know if you've seen this commercial, but it just cracks me up. Uh, but, you know, you know, having played on all levels and stuff, don't you think, uh, it, it, is, is it really beneficial to a kid to, to think that, uh, you know, win or lose, we've all achieved the same or... What are your thoughts on that? 
Well, first of all, I, I, I like the concept of the commercial because I saw that commercial where the dad takes off the plate and puts, puts the champ on yeah. him. But, but the bottom line is if, if a kid didn't win, he, they, it shouldn't be an equal thing. They need to learn right away. you got to earn your right to be the winner. Right. You know, you just can't be giving everybody the same thing. That's not, that's not, that, that's, that, doesn't teach, that doesn't teach competition. And you need to learn that you got to win it, win it all. At all you got to win it all in any category. That's what that's what life is about. Life is about awards, and you know you got to be awarded. If you earned it, you get it. But and if you if you and if you got people sitting out there, well, if you got a team that beats someone and they get the same equal thing, that's that's nothing. Right. You know you're gonna have a first place, you have a second place, you have a third place, whatever. There's always gonna be a loser. There's always gonna be a winner. And I think that's, that's, that's what, what you got to be. And I think that teaches people that you know you can lose today, but you get up and and, and give it your best but tomorrow. Then, but, you, but, but, then, but then you can teach is how you played the game, right? And if you keep playing the game that way, one day you will win as well. Exactly. That's what has to, that's what has to be taught. Yeah. You see, I mean, you're never you in in, in 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 logic, you're not a loser. You're a winner because of the fact that you participated. Yeah. And you participated high, just that you came a little short. But eventually, if you keep doing what you're doing, you're going to win, too. That's what has to be taught. Unless you're, uh, <laughs> who was that? Uh, who was that? I was, somebody who's only won one game this season. I can't forget who it was, but <laughs> they keep doing what they're doing. They're going to go one, uh, one and uh, 15. But I think, well, I get your point, though. <laughs> but, but, but I mean, but, 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 but who was that? Ah, oh, God, I, I forgot who it was. Who, who's only won one game? Is it the, is it the Redskins or uh, something like that? Yeah. I mean, it's it's, it's 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 how you play the game is what I'm really saying. Yeah, I got I, exactly. You know, I mean, it's how you play the game, and you, you, even if you might be going to be one and one and fifteen, you still play like you got like you, you, you still got to play that you're fifteen and one. You All still right. got to do that. Absolutely. So, I mean, I mean, that's what you have to teach. You see, so. And then, you know, you might lose as a team, but as an individual, I mean, as a team, you lose as a team, you win as a team, but also individually you have some you have some prideful moments, and that's what you have to strive for. Well, yeah, they, they, I think the, the, the important fact is, is that they're instilling, you know, especially in the youth sports, you're, you're instilling a lot in the kid. You, you know, you're, you're telling the sportsmanship, uh, you know, you win, and, you know you, you win and you lose and how you lose. Uh, you know, you lose with dignity, and you know, and like you said, you keep doing the things you need to do. You're not, you're going to win. So I think there's a whole lot to be taught, uh, other than that everybody achieved the same thing, regardless of what happened. So, you know, right. it, it, it's an interesting, uh, interesting commercial, interesting concept, and I always enjoy watching it. It makes me laugh. Ad, it's always a pleasure to have a chance to chat with you, man. Before we go, tell us a little bit about the book and the book signing one more time. First of all, the book is named because called. Kickoff Concussion by Anthony Davis and Jeremy Rosenberg. You can get it on Amazon. You can get it on Lulu.com. I will be signing this weekend, the 7th, at a place called Frankenson's in the City of Industry from 10 to 3 o'clock. And, I, and it's a good read. It's a serious read about my issues with concussions and just my life story. And uh, I think you can get a lot out of the book just by reading it. And then also, of course, in, the, in a month or so, uh, the movie Concussion will be out December 25th with Real Smith, and I'm a part of that. So uh, that's it. And uh, I'd like to say hello to my daughter, Vaz. 
and Nia. I know they're listening. And uh, you be good, Nia. <laughs> Papa's on the phone. <laughs> She's like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> be quiet, Papa. <laughs> AD, as always, it's a pleasure, man. And we look forward to chatting with you again soon, brother. Okay, take care. Thank you. You too. The great Anthony Davis, everybody. And uh, like I always say, those of you over at SC, uh, let's retire this man's jersey and uh, let's get him in the Rose Bowl Hall of Fame. You can make that happen. Uh, we want to thank you for listening to Swoops World on the Talk Story Radio Network. And uh, you know, we'll be talking again soon until we uh, meet again. As always, dream as if you'll live forever. Live as if you'll die today. Good night, all. The views and opinions expressed by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Talk Story Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. 